Hallelujah. Amen. You could be seated just for a minute. See how good it is to be in Carson City, an apostolic revival center. And uh, so good to be here. And uh, I give honor today to the wonderful saints of God makes this possible. You need to give yourself a hand. God is good. Amen. And I, I respect and honor people that live for God, do the work of God. And while I give you honor today as the people of God, I also say that I give honor to your pastor and his wife, who are wonderful people but they could not do what they're doing without you. And I'm thankful for good saints of God. Amen. And sometimes we forget that if it was just me and brother and sister Hood today, we would probably do this at a coffee shop. <laughs> and uh, just talk about the things of God. But because of all of you, we're here blessed today, and I honor you. And I am very thankful uh, for the work of God that is carrying on, amen, because of the people of God. Anytime there's any kind of transition, there's always the uncertainty of what's going to happen. But you know what? You've stayed faithful to God and the things of God, and God's going to continue to bless you. Amen. And having said that, I do honor uh, Brother and Sister Hood and... Uh, sisterhood and I go a lot further back than we do with uh, your pastor and we called her Stephanie because we couldn't say Stephani and that's not even how you're supposed to say it because we wasn't we couldn't speak Spanish well enough but um, I am so proud told them, feels like I'm coming to my kids' church, and it's, I watched Sister Hood grow up, and I'm very proud of her. You should be very blessed. Amen. And I got to meet her wonderful husband, who was not her husband at the time, and um, I didn't know if I liked him or not, but uh, we, we, we do now, and uh, we knew that God was, hand was on him and as well as Sister Hood. And um, we kind of liked him being in Florida. And uh, when they do come to Florida now, they're seeing family. We don't see as much of them as we would like. Uh, but we're very, very blessed. We were blessed by the ministry. And um, it's, just, it's just wonderful to come. Um, he asked me what I consider staying over. I was in Sacramento and um, meeting there and he texted and said, can you stay over? Have you already bought a ticket? And I was glad to change the ticket because I was honored to come and fill this pulpit today. Um, I, give, I give double honor to those that are laboring in the gospel and uh, I, I do really do appreciate them. And uh, never mind my emotions, I am very an emotional person 
and uh, I'm very, very thankful for what God is doing um, in in these uh, in your pastor, his lovely wife's life, and seeing what God is doing. And the best is yet to come. Amen. We haven't. We've just begun. We've just begun. And uh, so I, I give honor to them today, and I, I'm thankful to be here. I, I do miss home. I am not a traveling pastor, and I'm not against pastors that travel. I stay home. I, I stay home. The Lord called me to uh, the greatest city in all the world, and I guess the second greatest city is Carson City because that's where I'm at today. But um, we, we are in the suburbs of Orlando. Everybody knows about Orlando because everybody knows about Disney. And uh, so whether you, you like it, love it, hate it, it's what it is. And so, but we're in the suburbs of Orlando and the city of Apopka. And God has blessed us and been good to us. And I'm thankful for his goodness uh, in my life and in our church. I do miss them. And uh, they're just about to set, uh, start their second service. And uh, Brother Hood always gives me a hard time because when he was evangelizing, he had to preach twice on Sunday. And uh, really three times on Sunday because he would speak, uh, preach in the Spanish church. And he acted like he was tired. And I thought, he's just a kid. I, I'm this old guy, and I do this every Sunday. I preach our Sunday morning service. I teach a class in the afternoon. And then I preach our evening service. And uh, I'm not tired yet. Amen. So uh, anyway, it takes a real man. Takes a real man to do free services, and so um, I've been doing it for almost 21 years to the same people too. So God is good, Amen. So thankful. So it's good to be here. It's a beautiful, beautiful area. Uh, I've spent a little bit of time here on the other side of the lake, and it's beautiful here. Uh, I don't snow ski, but it's just wonderful to get away and enjoy God's beauty. I see a lot of. Uh, I see the ocean where I live. A lot of sunshine, some sand, but I don't see mountains. I don't see all the snow, and it's beautiful. And I enjoyed the time uh, that we was able to be here a few couple years back, and then back here today. And uh, it's it's just good. I I, um, I want to direct your attention to the word of the Lord, and um, Matthew chapter six, and I'll also be reading from Acts chapter twenty. I, I do, I will be honest with you today that I, I, I have to try to condense down about 10 or 12 weeks of lessons into this one thing here. He said preach as long as I wanted to. I'm hungry. They did not feed me breakfast, lunch, or dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I have had coffee, amen, so I'm good, and uh, anyway, I'm, I'm just kidding, they offered to take me to breakfast, I didn't want to um, go, but I'm not going to be here long, I feel almost like after this whole, right before he introduced me, this whole deal, that thermometer going up back there, what an incredible blessing. My goodness, how mercy. God is good to this assembly. And I, I, I just, I'm going to just do what I feel. Um, I've 
probably, I'll go a little slow probably. Just just bear with me. I am from the South. And uh, we'll get through it together. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. The Bible says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal verse 21 says for where your treasure is everybody say where my treasure is for where your treasure is there will your heart be also if you skip down in that same chapter Verse 31, he says, therefore take no thought. I'm, I'm going to leave. I, I could read all the way through this, but he said, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or whether withal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. The heathen have to worry about what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, and what they're going to wear. He said, your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Verse 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If you'll go with me to Acts chapter 20, Acts chapter 20, and I'm going to read one verse of scripture there, and that is verse 35. Jesus said, If you'll put me first, if you'll put my kingdom first, you'll do things right, then I'll take care of all of all of your stuff. Acts chapter 20 verse 35, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak, and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. I, I've been awake for a long time. My biological clock is not readjusted. And then, so I've been awake a long time and I've spent time praying today and I, I, I really feel like today the Lord wants to help us. And I feel the touch of the Holy Ghost in this house. And I believe God wants to take us to a place where his blessings overtake us. I believe there's a place that God has that is more than enough. Thank God for all that he's done. But I believe there's greater things to come. I believe there's greater things to come. There's greater things to come. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless you. You could be seated today in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, sir. I, I pastor a wonderful group of people, and uh, I have a primary responsibility. Your pastor has a primary responsibility, and that is to preach the gospel. The gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
and his ascension. Also, part of that responsibility is to preach the plan of salvation. People need to know how to be saved. People need to know that if you're going to be saved, that you've got to repent. You cannot be saved without first repenting. You've got to repent of your sins. Repentance, I, I, I don't need to say this, but let me say it. Repentance is turning from a sinful life and turning to God. It is the plan of salvation. You must be baptized in the only saving name, the name of Jesus Christ. We must preach that. But we don't just repent. We just don't get our sins washed away. The Holy Ghost, we preach, the plan of salvation is that the Holy Ghost comes into your life to cause you to become an overcomer. We preach not only the gospel, we preach the plan of salvation. And once people are born again of the water and of the Spirit, then we have the responsibility to equip them to grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. Why is that so important? So that they can become Christ-like in their life. <clears throat> can the church say amen? We don't just start, but we have to grow in Christ. We must become more like Him. Amen. Uh, and then the, the responsibility that I have as a pastor is that I have to help people uh, grow in their financial, <coughs> excuse me, stewardship. As Christians, everybody say, I'm a Christian. We all have the responsibility to leverage our wealth for kingdom purposes. Now, I had no idea that y'all had anything, okay? He hasn't told me anything but good things about everybody here and how wonderful this church is and how much he loves this city. That's what he's told me, okay? I had no idea y'all had sacrificed Sunday, and, and I met Brother Wilmoth at the coffee shop yesterday before I left, and uh, he was like, man, Carson City, that church has got it going on. It was just all positive, so I, I told him I was coming. <clears throat> okay, this, let's, let's, let's just get in this, okay? I don't normally encounter a lot of resistance when I teach people about investing in their relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't, I don't normally. They, they, they know he loves them so much that he gave his very life for them. His love for them is unconditional. And that he is a blessing God. He wants to give you a life that is a, an abundant life. I don't normally get a lot of resistance when I'm teaching and preaching people about these things. But I will be honest with you, the bright lights come on when I urge people to give their hard-earned Just like it gets quiet as can be here today. I thought you were different than Floridians. <laughs> I just thought, but it's the same. Because of the what ifs. 
the what ifs. In Florida, in the summertime, it rains every day. Every day it rains. And uh, if it's normal, it's raining for about 30 to 45 minutes, and it just makes the humidity even more wonderful. And the Wadi Elves rain down like they do on a Florida afternoon whenever you start talking about money. And the reason that happens is because I'm a pastor. You, are, you have a wonderful pastor. And so many times people suspect the motives of a pastor. Because probably somewhere along the way, you might have had a bad experience. And you probably maybe could have had a bad experience with a pastor when it comes to money. So, what I'm going to talk about today is not about we should give tithing to this church because everybody here knows that tithe belongs to God it's the tenth you first you you give you give to God of your first fruits but what I what I would what I would like to do just for a little while this afternoon is to help us understand that this is more than a percentage mentality because God has something so much greater for us if we'll seek him if we will put him first he knows how to take care of us he knows how when, when you understand that this truth must become front and center in your thinking fear can dissipate when it comes to what God has blessed you with nothing is too hard for the Lord Nothing is beyond God's ability. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There, there, is, there, is, this, there is this whole idea that we can, we can let God take care of us. Amen. See, when it comes to giving, we, we all find that there is a place that, uh, that, that we, we become just a little bit a fearful there's there's a threshold there is something that we go to uh, it, it's it's that I can go here and then I don't know if I can go beyond this because if I go beyond this how is things going to be taken care of amen I, I understand that when we're challenged as you were challenged and you give sacrificially I can tell you that you've given sacrificially or that thermometer wouldn't be going up today rejoicing in what the Lord is doing and I rejoice with you amen I rejoice in what God is doing in this assembly amen but whenever it comes to this whole idea of, of giving when God requires of us, or God is reaching for us to give beyond our comfort level. Because when God is challenging us to give beyond our comfort level, we become afraid. And we try to, to, we, we try to dismiss it, or we try to explain it away as impractical. There is no way that this could happen. 
But here, here's the thing that I want to remind this assembly of today is that you could miss out on a harvest opportunity which God would like to give you whenever you become fearful when it comes to the things of God. Because when you respond in fear at the invitation from God, you, re you forfeit the reward of being a faithful steward of what He has blessed you with. God doesn't want your bill money. God doesn't want your bill money. God wants to bless you I believe that when we sow into the kingdom of God, we have a result called an eternal crop. But when, we be, when we're fearful, then we live in empty fields. It's not the will of God for this assembly to live in empty fields. God has blessings. God has provision. God has more than enough. Oh, let's give him some praise right now. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. See, we, we, we take and, and we, I, I understand living for God. I, I, I've, I've, I've lived for God, been in the church uh, all of my life. And we can rationalize our way around the challenges. When God challenges us, when God is reaching for us, we can, we can grow numb. We can override something until we, it, it becomes calloused. And when it happens, when things like this happen, it's easy for us to discount the stories of people that have been given great and precious promises. It seems the, the unattainable things when God begins to bless people. Amen. I, I, I have in my life admired courageous people that, uh, that has got to a place where God has is, is blessed them because they got beyond the fear of giving. Amen. And But I'm going to tell you something. God is no respecter of persons. God knows how to take care of us. And before we just pass over this, uh, amen, I want you to think about it just for a minute about uh, giving more. When you, when you think about giving more, how does it make us feel? Does it make us feel uncomfortable? Does it make us feel afraid? Uh, what, what kind of thoughts go through our mind when we're challenged uh, to, to go beyond just, just I'm going to give uh, this much, uh, that's my tithe, and then I'm going to give this much because it's my offering, uh, and that's what I'm required of. But I believe that God wants to go beyond just going through and doing what is required of us. There's more. I know there's a lot of what ifs. What if, what if, what if, what if. But God is greater than all of that. Amen. See, when you, when you reach that threshold and you know that this is where I am comfortable at, God has a way of stretching us just a little bit more. It might be effortless for you to go here, but when you get here, it becomes a little bit uncomfortable. Amen. I can tell you there is always a place where you come and you hit that wall and, and, and it's a wall called fear. And until you recognize it as what it is, you never break through beyond that. 
and I believe that God wants to take us to that place. Amen. That there, there, there is this by nature, this, this, this concept of generosity. It goes in direct conflict of self-preservation. But God wants to take us beyond that. We can't, we can't. You read it. I didn't take the time to read it to you today. You can't add a cubit to your stature. You can't keep breath in your body. Only God can do that. Only God can help us. Only God can take care of us. God can sustain us. God knows how. Come on, would you give him some praise right now? Come on, somebody give the Lord some praise. See, the problem is that conventional wisdom tells you that unless something governs your generosity, that you can give your way right into the poorhouse. But that logic doesn't add up with Scripture. I, I've lived, I, I, I've, I've been in a place where that it, it's not always been easy to, to, to make, make ends meet. The reality of not having enough is all on our minds. And we can be torn between the desire to share and the desire to protect. I don't, I don't believe that it's not in our hearts to be ungenerous. I believe it's in our hearts to be generous. But sometimes that generosity, that emotion registers something called fear. What, what, what can I do? Where, where will it stop? But when you became a child of God, you signed up for a completely different economy. This, 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 this economy that we in, whether you even thought about it or realized it, it identifies us with Christ. And there is a compensation plan that is out of this world. Amen. So the, while the world, uh, they, they, have, they have their way of looking at things and they can go only so far. When God calls us, when God reaches for us, we're not locked into what the world is locked into. We're not locked into what the world has to do because our Father owns it all. He's got it all in control. Nothing is out of His control. Nothing is beyond His reach. God knows how to take care of His own. So when you reach your threshold, you have an option that a non-Christian doesn't have. The non-Christian says, that's as far as I can go, that's all I have because nobody's looking out for him. But as children of God, we're not limited to the threshold of fear and self-preservation. Oh, hallelujah. Because God knows how to take care of us. If I am willing to step outside of my comfort zone, if I am willing to step outside of that place where I'm comfortable, I can tell you today that God knows how to take care of us. If I act in obedience, He will take care of my every need. It's natural to feel afraid when we give outside of our comfort zones. Times like this, Sacrifice Sunday. Oh, Jesus, help, help me today. <laughs> Is that 
we begin to rationalize. I know I made that commitment, and pastor said, if you made a vow, it's better not to make the vow than break the vow, but what am I? <laughs> Are y'all with me today? Am I okay? I'll leave it. I'll leave tomorrow and leave you all alone, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Alpha and Omega. Amen. It can hinder our ability to be a good steward, to keep what we feel when we got outside. Because we, we, we think like, well, what if the economy sucks? What if I lose my job? What if the government don't have the money to pay my pension? What if, what if my car breaks? And, and what if my washing machine breaks? And what, are y'all with me? Who's going to pay my bills? And so you can explain away your opportunities to give. Your heart can become numb to the needs. It all starts with fear. It all starts with fear. So, as a pastor, I'm just going to talk about Apopka just for a minute, Truth Church. I see two kinds of givers. I see people who give what's left over, and I see who people who give off the top and live on what's left over. Brother, sisterhood, no. I've got several miracles in our in our church, miracle after miracle. It's unbelievable. But I, I will share with you just one very quickly, and then I, I'll, I'll hurry to a close. When Mike came to Truth Church several years ago, Mike was a, a boy that his dad was in prison. His mother was a crack addict who lived on the street. Mike was a good kid but he had no chance of making it 14 years old already using drugs recreationally dealing with issues living with an older brother who did not want him come to church God gloriously baptized him in the Holy Ghost seen Incredible miracle of conversion, baptism, Holy Ghost, incredible things that happened in Mike's life. And, and early one Sunday morning, Mike calls me, and I'm that crazy pastor that leaves my phone on. And he calls me and he says, I answer, hello. He said, Pastor, what am I supposed to do? And I said, what are you talking about? What am I supposed to do? He said, Pastor, my brother said if I go to church today that I can't live here. Now he's 16 years old at this time. What am I supposed to do? And he's talking really low. I said, do you want to go to church? He said, yes, sir, I do. I love God. I said, come to church. He said, are you sure? I said, yeah, I'm sure. He said, okay. So he went and told his brother. His brother threw everything that he owned, okay? Mike owned everything in a suitcase, threw it in the yard, and said, don't ever come back and see where this gets you. 
So Mike gets on a church van with a suitcase, 16 years old. This is all I got. But he made his decision that I'm going to live for God. He had an incredible great average. I brought him in. Had nothing. No chance of anything. No, no money trying to work at TJ Maxx and, and, and as, as part-time just to get money just to survive. It, it's just, it's just un unbelievable. But he, 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 he caught it. And he said, I refuse to live in this place forever. Circumstances, circumstances made him. He had to drop out of high school because he had to survive. He had to survive. He said, nobody, I, I'm gonna, God's going to help me and God's going to bless me. And God's going to take care of me. But I'm going to do what I can on my part. And he, he got this whole concept of living with an open hand. I'm, I'm going to preach to you just a little bit of the Holy Ghost. Well, help me. You can't live in fear because fear will keep you. Fear will keep you uh, in an abusive home uh, where a brother beats you. Uh, fear will keep you thinking that you're going to end up in prison uh, like your daddy. Are you going to be on crack like your mother? Fear, I know it's not as extreme here today, but fear will keep you locked into uh, a situation. Uh, let me, I'm going to just jump through it right now. Today, today, right now, today, Mike, uh, after this many years later, it's 10 years now. 10 years later, he's, he's 26, 28 years old. Uh, he owns his own business today. He drives a brand new truck today. His wife drives a brand new car. His brother, his brother said he would never have anything. He lives in a new home today. He's got a beautiful wife, three kids uh, that call me Papa. I'm telling you, God knows how. I know it don't mean anything to some people because they're comfortable where they are, but somewhere God calls you. It's easy to let fear keep you there. And I'm going to tell you it's been time and time again that I've watched Mike start and fail and fall. But he said, Pastor, I refuse to quit. I don't know how. People laugh at him. People made fun of Mike. Your, your pastor and his wife knows Mike. Uh, they know his wife, beautiful wife, Maoish, and their three children. And then there's been times, uh, and he started this business, uh, and it didn't make it. Uh, you know what I told him? I told him this. I said, you, the only reason you're living, uh, the only reason you're doing what you're doing is because you've never stopped giving. Uh, you give your way. Uh, you give your way. Uh, you give your way. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, God knows how. Uh, if you won't let fear rob you, uh, God will take you to a place. I can't tell you how many Sundays he walks up and puts several hundred dollar bills in my pocket and says, I just love you. Go do what you need to do this week. God knows how. You say it's all about money. No, it's not all about money. I'm telling you what it's all about is the blessings of God. The kingdom of God. The work of God must go forward. Oh, I wish somebody would stand up, give the Lord some praise. Come on, you can give what's left over, or you can give off the top. 
seated. See, people that give off of what's left over is not greedy. They just operate from a different priority. They feel like they're responsible for meeting their needs. You're not bad. You just think you got to make sure that your stuff's taken care of. And so, okay, God, this is what's left over, so here's my percentages. But see, the second group sees everything as belonging to God. Everything. I don't, I don't, I don't have anything. Everything belongs to God. Let, 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 me just, let, me, let me just tell you. Let me just tell you. This is, this is the way I was raised, okay? I'm not preaching pie in the sky. Let me just preach to you. Just a minute. My grandfather, my grandfather, he was on his dying bed. And he looked at his kids. I was, a, I was 10 years old a long time ago <laughs> 10 years old and, and, and he, he raised himself up in his bed and he said to my dad and his siblings are y'all, y'all gonna think I'm crazy today that's okay he said I'm leaving $10,000 in Lexi that's my grandmother's name Lexi's a checking account and if she can't live off of $10,000 then y'all take care of her What's ten thousand dollars? Nothing. Okay, that's been a few years ago. I don't even know. We're gonna leave it there. It's just a few years ago. <laughs> okay, and he literally gave hundreds of thousands of dollars away on his dying bed. He said. God knows how to take care of Lexi. And if he can't, you can. And he gave all of his money away to the church before God. It's the truth. My grandmother died a few years ago. She still had $10,000 in her checking account. She still had extra money. It didn't stay at $10,000. It grew She never had to want for anything. She never went without anything because God knows how to take care. God knows how to take care of those that look after his business because whenever my grandfather said, I'm going to give it all away, God said, I'll take care. I'll take care of what's left over. You don't have to, you don't have to live off the left. I'm trying to help somebody understand today. You don't have to live off of the leftovers. God's got something that's greater. You say, Brother Riley, you're trying to do, get us to do something crazy. I'm not trying to get you to do anything crazy, but exercise your faith. God knows how to take care of you thank God for this beautiful building that's here today I rejoice with you thank God for the spirit of God that's here everything is wonderful but I don't believe that this is where we're supposed to be for the next 40 years God's got something greater oh hallelujah God loves a cheerful giver But if your heart is occupied with the burden of meeting your own needs, you can't be cheerful. God knows how to take care of us. The thing that my grandfather taught my father, 
And the thing that my father taught me was you never close your hands because when you close your hands, nothing can go in and nothing can come out. You must learn to live with an open hand concept because it's in open hands that God leaves enough to take care of your every need. God knows how. I'm not here preaching to you some pie in the sky. I know what it's like to dig a church out. I know what it's like to dig a church out. I know what it's like to have 10 and 12 people. I know what it's like not to have enough money to buy groceries. I know what it's like, but I'm going to tell you I'm not ashamed of the blessings of God in my life. God has been good to me. God has taken Taking care of me. God has blessed me. There's multitudes of mics out there. How many here today? How many young men will say, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll dig in. Come on, let's give him some praise. Come on, let's give him some praise. I've got to hurry. Oh, hallelujah. See, sometimes we think that it's not rational to trust God with our finances. It belongs to him. Fear has a way of twisting the truth. Fear has a way. I'm going to tell you, if you live for God very long, you will come to a place where God's going to test your hold on your wallet. I know, I, I know. That don't ever have that preacher back from Florida because he's going <laughs> It's a faith thing. It's a faith thing. God don't ask every week. He don't even ask every month. But just the other day, I had a $100 bill left in my pocket. God said, give it away. Man, it's easy to preach it, right? I know $100 is nothing to you folks that live in Carson City, but us poor people in Florida, $100 is a lot of money, and, and I, I, I did it because God was testing me. Because last week I had three or $400, and he didn't ask for me to give any of that. He waited till I got to my last one. And whenever I got to my last one, he said, I want you to give that one away. And I gave that one away. And I, here, here's what I'm saying to you. Before, before all of that ever was going on, he had prepared for me something else. And the check that was in the mail far exceeded what I ever thought that could come in the mail off of something that I wasn't even... So y'all not listen today. You think, oh, that's just that's that's just another that's just another hype story. You're just hyping us up. No, I, I, I'm living there. I know what it's like not to have, but I know what it's like to have. I know where. Come on, I'm not talking about being irresponsible with your money. I'm talking about doing it God's way. I'm talking about letting God manage, letting being a steward of what God has blessed you with. Come on, I'm talking about being a steward of what God has blessed you with. God knows how to take care of those that are His. It's different, it's different, it's different. There's different places for different people. I've never had a problem giving 
because the reason was when I was when I was a kid, I was raised in church and we and birthday time they'd bring the kids up front and everybody bring them fifty cents and a dollar. Put it in an offering plate, and if you happen to have somebody have a birthday the same week, you had to split it. I didn't like people that was born in September. <laughs> but, but I'd get that money, and they'd give you that plate, and we'd take it to there, and we'd count it all out. And before we'd ever get going from the church, my mom would separate 10% off. And she'd say, you go give that to the pastor because that's the time. Well, it wasn't too bad giving a dollar. It wasn't too bad giving, you know, 25 cents when I had to share. It wasn't too bad. Are y'all with me? It wasn't that bad. It was in my comfort zone. I could tithe my whole life. But whenever God started requiring more, it was like, I don't know if I want to do this or not. Because, see, fear is a regular part of the landscape for anybody who wants to grow in faith. There's always that that nervous energy when you're standing at the edge and about to jump. That moment of uncertainty when you put your financial future into the hands of God. I remember starting our building project and for two years our building laid in a metal heap. never forget frustrating not enough money not enough people no bank would even look at us it was it was just tough and I'd I'd go out there with a weed whacker and lawnmower and I'd Sister Hood probably remembers that metal building laying on our property and I would edge around it clean up around that middle building and I would pray and I'd say God I'm sweating it's humidity's bad you, you imagine I'm sweating here and how dry it is here you, dripping just, just and God you sent me to this city and you said you'd take care of me I don't know how you're going to do it but you got to clean up around that building I'd pressure wash it I'd just put bleach on it and wash it so it wouldn't look all mildew and dirty but I knew that God was going to provide. I knew God was going to take care of us. And I wish I could tell you today that a millionaire showed up and wrote a check and it was all taken care of, but it didn't happen like that because there was an investor that came along and said, what are you going to do with that pile of metal? And I said, I want to build a church. He said, well, I'm willing to invest in this. And I, and I, and I, and I jumped. And we got, a, we got a loan from a private individual who had bad intentions but God used what was meant for evil for Truth Church and he turned it to our good and, and 
I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm not telling everybody to do it the way I did it, but it's just the way it happened for us. Uh, and I remember we didn't have but about 35, 40 people, and we, we, we stepped into a, a, a whole lot more than what I want to talk about today, a half a million dollars uh, with 30 people. And, and you're talking about broke people, and you're talking about Mike's and Chris's and Anthony's, and, and y'all don't understand that, but the hoods understand. This is crazy. What in the world are you doing? But God said, if you'll follow me, if you'll take the leap, I'll take care I'll take care of your needs. I'll do what you. No, I, I didn't. I didn't build. I didn't build a, a, a twenty-five thousand square foot church. We built. We built six thousand square feet. That's not much, but when you're in a thirty by forty building, it's huge. Six thousand square feet is huge. But God knows how to take care of us. See, when you, when you experiment with generosity long enough, you're going to come face to face with fear. You'll feel frightened at times, but God will give you the financial seed for the purpose of sowing. You can't stop giving. You've got to give your way. We, I told the hoods last night, I said, man, we've, we've done everything. We've sold everything. We've sold cars. And, we'll just leave it there. We've done everything. Try to raise money. But I'm going to tell you when the blessings started flowing. Is when we realized it was in the giving. We started sowing. Opened our hands. See, here's the thing. Let me just sit right here a minute. I'm tired. Here's the thing. Okay? I was living this but I wasn't sharing it with my people. And so I was blessed, but they were struggling. See, y'all think the pastor's got it easy. He gets up at 12 o'clock, goes to the coffee shop, don't do anything. But buddy, when you deal with God, <laughs> so I'm preaching today not because you're not good people. But I'm preaching today that God wants you to live the blessed life. I've watched our church over the past few years. It took me a while because I was afraid to talk about money because everybody has a bad thing about money and preachers and churches and all they are about is money and all they ever talk about is money. And, and I get people that get mad when I talk about money. And they get up and walk out, and the pastor, he drives a new truck. I sure do. And I'm proud of it. Because they wasn't there 20 years ago when I had a broke-down truck. That backfired every time I changed gears. I don't care. They wasn't there when I was living in an RV and then lived in a Sunday school room because... But I, I was robbing them. And I watched the Mikes catch a hold of it. And I watched the Chris's catch a hold of it. I watched the Tonys catch a hold of it. Oh, 
again, I know this is Carson City. Ain't no big deal. Somebody's going to catch a hold of it. Somebody's going to say, God, if you can do it. Chris, who has an absent father, who didn't have no father, who did not know how to manage his money, did not know how to be a steward of his money, who just now, all of a sudden, he comes by the church every day. Praise Mike, who God has blessed tremendously, came every week and cut the grass when he didn't have time. He was working and owning an own company, his own company. And he said, Pastor, God's been too good to me not to come by this church and pray and cut the grass because if it wasn't for the Lord. Mike on Friday was at the middle school mentoring kids at his age. When God found him, he said, I'm not going to stop giving because when I stop giving, the blessings will stop flowing. Come on, you're standing. Come to the music. I got to quit. It's the fear factor. fear factor how can I get in sync with what God is doing in his world how much will it cost fear generosity what do I do The solution to this tension, the solution to this tension lies in changing our idea of ownership. Who really owns my possessions here? Who's got it anyway? If you really truly believe that everything belongs to God, nothing, you have nothing to fear. God is the source of all wealth controls the comings and goings of your money then there's no reason not to give getting God involved in your finances involves surrendering control of your money to him answering the call I've been told things like pastor when God blesses me I'm going to give and my politically correct answer to them is start with the $10 you got in your pocket. Everybody wants to give a million dollars. Let's start with 10. Let's start with 100. Let's start with 1,000. Let's start with There's a story in the Bible, Mark chapter 12. The Bible says that there's a poor widow. Everybody say poor. She threw in two mites. Jesus called his disciples. When Jesus goes to church, he watches what you put in the offering plate.
he called his disciples and said, that this poor widow hath cast in more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. Because they gave of their abundance. But she of her want did cast in all that she had. Even all her living. All she had was the promise of God. That's all she needed. I get uncomfortable when I read that story. I wish that it hadn't made the final draft in the Gospels because it challenges me every time. Sometimes we just kind of read over it and say, thank God for the person that gave two, two pennies. And thank God for everybody else gave. But, 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 but when you slow down and think about it, you can't miss what it's saying God doesn't want your generosity to be limited by fear we come to this place do you trust me do you trust me do you trust me I don't have time to tell you the miracles of God's provision from a private investor that helped us put a building together to a bank to just know it's not paid for. Yeah, we still make payments. No, I don't have no millionaires in my church. But God has been so good. Am I saying that far? I'm not trying to teach and preach to this church something that I'm not living out. It's it, I pastor people just like you are. I pastor people that's working and hustling and doing what they have to do to make ends meet. But they've learned this whole concept that if I leave my hand open, God knows how. We don't have generational Pentecostals in our church. We got an all first generation church and they don't know anything but just trusting in the Lord. And I wanted to keep it that way. But somewhere you got to come to a place where you say, God, you have a mission for your world. And I want Apostolic Revival Center to be a part, not just in Carson City, but I want to be influential around the world. danger of not crossing the line is that you leave God out of your finances. I don't know and I feel I'll be honest with you I feel so even maybe I shouldn't preach what I preach because man y'all had sacrifice Sunday. This in the morning when it was still dark, God put this deep in my spirit that God wants to bless this church. Stop praying for God to send a millionaire and start praying, God, make me a vessel. 
I don't know how many, I don't know how many, uh, I don't know where you are. There might be multitudes of multimillionaires here today. If it is, God bless all of you. But I believe God is calling. There's young men. God, if you'll, if you'll sacrifice. There's young ladies. Uh, there's, uh, there's parents. Uh, there's elders uh, in this church that God will take care of every situation. Uh, if you'll put your trust in him. Uh, come on, don't let what you have limit you. Uh, let God be God in every situation. Uh, come on, he knows how to take care of our food. Uh, he knows how to take care of our drink. Uh, he knows how to take care of our clothes. Uh, he knows how. If God is calling you to give where it's uncomfortable, give. God is reaching. I'm not going to tell you, I'm not here to take up an offering. I'm not here. I'm just here to preach. There's been times that I've let fear keep me from following after God. Can I tell you one of my biggest fears as a pastor? preaching about money I know y'all don't think that today is like man he's just bold and crazy I agonize over what I'm preaching today but God's brought me to a place where I had a man get up and walk out of church while I was preaching about money and fear gripped my heart because he's, he's, he's intertwined with several people I was like, oh my God, what are we going to do? He's angry. And God said, you just trust me. You just trust me. And God has far exceeded my imagination to what he can do. I refuse to live in fear. I refuse to live in fear. But I don't want just the blessings. But I want you to be blessed. I want you to be blessed. I want you to be blessed. And I don't want to get to the end of my life and, and, and I've got the blessings and then the church is just barely getting by. That's not the will of God. So I've got to be willing to... what I'm preaching today. This is what I preach and teach my young people. Because I know that if they'll learn this here, God will bless them in ways that they never dreamed they could be blessed. I'm going to just tell you today, I believe that God wants to bless this church. There's stepping stones. There's places that you're going to have to go that maybe you wasn't expecting to go first. But don't doubt God. Don't doubt what God is doing. Don't doubt what God is doing. Don't, 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 don't question what God is doing. And if God requires you to give an extra this and an extra of that, and He gets you, and you just start living in the blessings of what God can do. I want you to open your hands today and I want you to raise them up to God. I want you to pray with me right now. Come on. I didn't come to help your pastor today. I come to help this congregation. 
And I'm sorry, Pastor Sisterhood. I know I'm supposed to be helping you, but I didn't come to help you today. I come to help this church. I honor this church today. And I'm preaching today to this assembly. God's got more than you could ever dream. God's got more than you could ever dream. He's already got it already worked out. If you'll just open your hands, let it flow. Come on, that, th- that thermometer can be burst out the top before you even could turn around. Can I, can I say this one thing? Don't be offended at me, okay? We had, y'all probably remember, we had this big thing on the back of our wall that had little blocks in it, $100 blocks. And you know what I did? I limited people to think that all they could do is just buy a $100 block. God convicted me. And I ripped that. Nobody was there. Just me and God. And I ripped that thing off that wall and I threw it in the floor and I walked on it. And I shouted on it because I knew that I was limiting what God wanted to do in our assembly. And I'm going to tell you, since that day to this day, there's something that has transitioned in the realm of the spirit of our church. Come on. I'm not telling you don't put a thermometer up. And I'm not telling you don't put... God, I'm, I'm walking on thin ice. I know I'm not meaning to. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you what had to happen at Truth Church. And Truth Church has stepped into another dimension of the blessings of God. God's got more. 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 We don't have to sell anything. God's got it all. We can give our way into it. We can give our way into it. What are you going to do, Pastor? I'm going to give more. I'm going to sacrifice more. My son just quit his job to go full-time in his own business and doing stuff. And he said, he said, Dad, what am I going to do? I said, you're going to give more. He said, what do you mean? I'm going to give more. I don't have any more to give. I don't even know what I'm going to make next week. I said, give more. Give more. Stop limiting God. He said, if I can just make $500 this week, I'm going to be happy. I said, why are you limiting God? If I can just make $500, I said, take the limits off of God. He said, if I can make $1,000, i will be happy. The next week he made $1,000. I said, when are you going to stop limiting what God wants to do in your life? Stop putting numbers on it. Twenty-one. Give, and it shall be given to you. It's yours. God, here's my hands. Here's my wallet. Come on, are you praying with me right now? There's not a song that's ever been written that'll go with this, so just sing anything. It'll be fine. Pray with me. Pray me. Somebody pray right where you're standing. John, with your wife, your husband, your kids, your friend, just pray together. Oh, God. Come on, would somebody pray with me? Let's let the Holy Ghost fill this house right now.
Come on, somebody want to be used of God today? Take the limits off. Take the percentages off. God, I want to be generous. God, you love a cheerful giver. And the days to come, the days to come, God, the miracles that's going to take place, the miracles, the provision that's coming, the provision that's coming to this assembly, God. Come on, pray with me. Pray, pray, pray all across the Is there somebody that wants to walk toward the front of this building? Lift your hands to God and say, God, my hands are open. I know I'm young. I know I'm old. I know I'm somewhere and I'm broke and I can't do anything. But God, if you can use me, I want you to use me for your glory. God, I want to be right in the middle of what you're doing. Come on, come on, come on. I feel the Holy Ghost. Confirm your word today, Jesus. Come on. Is there some mics here? Is there some Tasha's here? Is there some Chris's here? Is there some Sam and Danielle's here? Oh, is there some Troy and Kimberly's here today? Would you pray? Would you pray? Would you lift your voices to God? Come on. Take my hands, take my hands, Lord. Come on. I want to be useful. Come on. He can take you on your job right now and bless you. It's not the will of God. Come on. Let's believe God. 